Welcome back to part two of our live coverage from Sacramento Gamers Expo. We're going to start things off with our interview with Tyler, who was a collegiate coach for a Super Smash Brothers team. Then we're going to go with our video game trivia between Jonathan and I. We'll wrap things up with a top five retro games that we'd like to play today. There's always those games you like to go back to anytime you can. I noticed, though, that on neither of our lists is Super Mario Brothers from 1985. Well, that's just crazy. That's a classic. It's what got us into gaming. And matter of fact, before the convention started and we had a little bit of downtime, me and Jonathan went ahead and tried to beat the game real quick uh, with a little downtime we had. Just like kind of get good luck charm before we got into the game, uh, into the retro gaming expo. So super shout out to Super Mario Brothers from 1985. That's a classic. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. All right, now we're here with Tyler. Tyler is a pro champ trainer, right? Is that what you call it? Uh, I used used to be for a college college coach college for team. Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Okay, now you got a chance to school us a little bit earlier. Uh, I didn't. I wouldn't say school, but you guys did all right. All right. Hey, hey, we got an all right. I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. All right. So we're gonna first go over your top five favorite Smash Brother characters, and then you're gonna tell us a little bit about what it's like when you're a coach and stuff like that. Okay. So top five for me i'd have to say obviously for me personally puff is my number one because that's my main but yeah, right, i just right. had learned the game because she's been in since 64 yeah. all the way up and i've been playing all those games all the way up to where we are now so yeah i've just gotten really comfortable with that character and that's who i like um if we're just going kind of out of the box my other four not really in order but donkey kong mm-hmm. always like donkey kong games and yeah. i kind of like his style of like and kind of ins- like puts fear into people. He's got a good save too. Yeah, he's got a really good save, yeah. and he's just a, he's an easy character for somebody to pick up and play. Yeah, like yeah. there's not a lot of complicated movement to him. It's yeah. just he's a heavy, heavy hitter, and yeah. he's got a little bit of speed to him. So that's true. Uh, another one for me would probably be uh, Toon Link. I like oh, really? how they kind of put uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is one of my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. I love that style of game and. I think that Toon Link was just a great addition for, yeah. you know, that era of gaming where people saw the game and like, oh, you know, Wind Waker, that was one of my favorite games. And it kind of draws in a little bit more of a crowd. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, there's so many choices. That's a problem. Yeah. Your top five is pretty rough with all the characters in now. But uh, <laughs> I really like the Ice Climbers because mm-hmm. back in my uh, back watching Melee tournaments and that kind of stuff, you saw a little, a lot of talented, like, ice climber people who could yeah. move the two different characters oh, in crazy, yeah. super unorthodox ways yeah. it was just interesting to watch those. that, seems so like that a, would be more of like that's a whole nother level yeah, of skill there right? level of yeah. like you're controlling two characters with one controller yeah which is like basically playing a two-player game with one controller exactly which would be for me impossible but like to watch the people who can actually do it is amazing so yeah, yeah. that's where i would kind of be with like that's a great that's Smash an interesting characters. choice on that one that's yeah but yeah, I mean, just being in the competitive Smash, kind of watching people and see how they develop their play styles. Like you could put two people's characters who play the same character side by side, but you could tell what type of play style they're using. Yeah. Because no two characters are going to play the exact same. You guys want a sucker? There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and... I got into coaching because, I mean, I was I was okay at the game, but I wasn't at the level that the people I was playing against in my in my college were. Yeah, yeah. And they were looking to go into tournaments and stuff, and I had asked them if they had a coach. And mm-hmm. they said, well, no, we don't have anybody who's a coach per se, but 
I kind of just took it on and said, you know what, it was my senior year of college and it's kind of like my way of kind of saying thank you to that community for yeah. bringing in people. And so we went to like a college qualifier and we played second out of 20. So That's cool, I felt man. really good with those players and, you know, I hope that they learned a lot from me. But going from the coach's perspective, it's just interesting to kind of test your might in your mind of like, do you truly know the game or do you just play to play? So as a coach, what are you doing to help the player? One of the biggest things for me is mentality. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like, they'll pick up the game and they'll do really bad and just say, oh, I'm trash. I'm terrible. Like, right, I, right, right. I, I can't get good at this game. So, again, back to back to where it was. Like, mentality was one of the biggest things that we focus on. Yeah. And the, the very first day we showed up to, like, a practice, I just said, okay, what are the things that you think about when you're playing the game? Yeah. Like, are you thinking about what you're doing or are you thinking about what your opponent's doing? Because a lot of people will just focus on their character right, and right. what they're doing. Yeah. But understanding that there's a little more to it than just knowing what you're going to do with your character. That's half of it. But the other half is understanding the other person's character, what their options are, what they're going to try to do. And it's making a prediction. Yeah. So keeping yourself in the right mental state of like you have to make these decisions in a split second. And if you make the wrong one, you can't just get discouraged by it and say, man, I'm not going to win the set. You got to be able to stay in it and say, okay, you know what? I know that option now. I know what he's going to do in that situation. Then you try to bait him into making that same approach yeah. or same option and take advantage of it. Yeah, that's next tier right there because I think myself as a player, again, not very skilled. I'm mostly trying to, okay, set up my own combos. Yeah. When really you need to be setting your combos up against theirs. Yeah. You're, I'm always playing reactively, not proactively, not looking at what they're about that's to do. Terms, but just yeah. Whatever they did, oh crap, defend myself, try to get a hit on them. And I can't remember who it was, but there's a uh, some street fighter uh, professional who wrote this like philosophy of the three styles of fighting, mm-hmm. you know, like fighting characters or like what style you use, which mm-hmm. is like aggressive, read heavy, and then there's a third one. But like I kind of based a lot of the stuff that I had done in my coaching philosophy with Smash Brothers and a lot of other games because. I've even held some people in the speedrunning community where, like, they just get really discouraged because they're really trying to, you know, get this little trick done and they can't get it. And it's like, yeah. okay, take a step back, overlook and see what you're trying to do and how you're going to accomplish it. See if there's another way to do it. If not, you need to just keep grinding, keep pushing. Yeah, that's really good advice. That's good yeah. Go. So that's kind of just one of the biggest things for me. Like, new people who come to play Smash and, like, the competitive scene, it's like you do have to kind of get beaten up to kind of understand where you're at you got to be put in your place Mm -hmm. it's not about like you're not good at the game it's that you need to find out where you are in the scale yeah because when i first started i was at the bottom of the scale and i knew it Mm -hmm. so i was taking those opportunities when i would go into tournaments is like okay i know i'm gonna get oh and two i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna win a a game if i win a game great that's a bonus yeah Mm -hmm. but i'm going into this i'm just gonna learn and just kind of watch the other players when they're playing and see what they're trying to do with their game and kind of build my play style based on who I'm playing against and what style I'm playing against. Now, you talk about going into these into these uh, tournaments. Is there a community around that where you guys talk to each other? Uh, yeah, so with with the team that I had, we had like a, uh, a Facebook group chat that we were okay. always in. We were talking about different ideas for characters because we, so, we had a diverse group of characters. We had 10 people on our team that's... Okay each player playing two to three characters that's potentially 20 to 30 
different characters you have to try to coach. And a lot of the things that I did is I didn't try to coach each person individually. I kind of just sectioned them off by their play style. Like some people were very tech heavy, wanting to know the mechanics. They want to understand the frame data, the the brain, the computer of the game, Mm -hmm. where they're trying to find the best possible outcome. And I took that group and I said, you guys work together because you guys have the same mind, but you guys have different ideas because each person has a different idea and a different way of looking at things. Where we had very aggressive players, the ones who are kind of running gun up in your face. They're not going to, you know, you play play their way or no way at all. And they're very much all in the same pattern. Like they're going to run and gun. They're going to put pressure on you. They're going to force you to do something you don't want to do. And then for somebody like me, the way that I play, I play very slow. I want to slow you down and watch what you're doing. And then I choose to execute. So I'm a very read heavy uh, player. So a lot of my things is based on the mistakes the other person makes, Yeah. which is a little gimmicky. But at the same time, if I make the mistake after you make one, you have a lot better chance of beating me because it requires me to play perfectly after I read. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, common mistake maybe is, is what you're saying is you're constantly wanting to move, constantly want to do something, but you're saying take your time, breathe. And the really way that I develop my play you, style okay, was I, I like to take my time. I like to see what you're doing. I want to see what's punishable and what's not punishable. I see. Punishable. So oh, whatever yeah. options there are for me to approach you, yeah. I take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. And I try to force you to do that option, yeah. which is why I use a slow, floaty character that's kind of aerial based because she has the biggest advantage in aerial. Yeah. So I'm trying to bait you into, okay, if I'm up here, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to try? Bring the fight up So that way I'm exploring the options and then I kind of progress my way down to like, okay, this was the most punishable option. Now, once he does that option, I know exactly what I want to do off stage. I see. Okay. All right. So you've been a coach and like that. Are you trying to get back into the game anytime soon or are you kind of just waiting? I mean, I've thought about it a little bit, but, uh, you know, with work and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm working to become a teacher right now. So I'm looking to teach like middle school, high school, PE. So it's a little bit challenging to try to get back into it, but I always take the opportunity. I have my old players who text me all the time and say, hey, what about this? You know, like I always try to keep in contact with them and say like, hey, you know, like how have things been at your guys' tournaments and that kind of stuff. So even though I'm, I've been out of coaching for two years now, I still kind of help out even with people who are new to the game, like, I just tell them like, hey, these are some things you can try, and you know, it's hard. It's people say it's hard to get people to get into Smash mm-hmm. in the competitive scene. Yeah. But if you just get them into the normal, just the normal game itself, not worry about like the rule set or anything, you just kind of let them play the game and figure that out. Yeah. Then if they start to realize like, hey, I want to see what the next level looks like, then it becomes more of okay. Let's figure out your playing style. Let's figure out what character fits your playing style. And let's see what we can develop through those two. Yeah. That's pretty great. Okay. Yeah. Any other so, questions? like you're saying, uh, uh, the your playing style and your character, it's all going to be different for each person, right? It's going to be different to every single person. Have you yeah. seen a character that you that you think is more often than not, like, the best character for people to pick, the most successful? That's, that's a very difficult thing to, like, answer because... <laughs> The way that I see it is that you have high tier characters uh-huh. and high tier characters are the ones that they have very good 
killing potential. They have all these good things about them. Mm -hmm. But at the cost of it, you use a high tier character. A lot of people have played against high tier characters mm -hmm. because everybody's using. Them. Yeah. So you're kind of playing the playing the cards there of like yeah. they played against this character a hundred times. Yeah. Your skills are known, but your vulnerabilities yeah. are too. So yeah. it's just a matter of skill based. You know yeah. who has the better skill. Gotcha. But for somebody who's playing in a little bit of a low tier category, if you're playing the lower ranking characters, mm -hmm. it's harder because you don't see those types of characters in competitive matches. Yeah. You could see like any low tier character in a competitive match and you see that they struggle because they just don't know the matchup. Like one of the biggest ones for me that I saw a lot was uh, there was a guy at the tournament I used to go to. He played Bowser Jr. Mm -hmm. He's considered a really low tier character. He doesn't have a lot of good options. Mm -hmm but he just knew the ins and out of the character and developed his play style through his that character yeah. and saw a lot of success with it because nobody knew the matchup. Yeah. So when I tell people about like what character to start with, it's not about what character you want to be. It's a part of like, you got to figure out what style of play you want. Mm -hmm. And there's characters that can fit into each of them because any character can play any way, but some have more advantages if you play really aggressive yeah. or if you play really passively kind of like with my sense like i play a very passive read heavy game so jigglypuff works for me because mm -hmm. i can kind of keep myself in the air i have the ability to kind of space myself away from you and that kind of stuff so in the character selection phase of it it's hard because people will want to move back and forth mm -hmm. yeah. but what i tell people is you got to stick with one person mm -hmm. kind of figure out their mechanics and if it's not working with your play style that's when you drop the character is there some? Is there a couple like say there's like three good starters for people that kind of invest their time in it originally to develop their game? If I had if I had to pick three, Mario is definitely just all around has projectiles, has just strong combo game, just has a good mixture of everything, okay. and he can be played in many different styles because you can see very aggressive Mario's or very passive Mario's. Mm -hmm. Uh, another one for me, if I had to pick one, would probably be the Lynx. Any of the Lynx, Young Link, Regular Link, Toon Link. Because they're very much, if you're looking to kind of teach zoning and spacing, mm -hmm. that you kind of have to understand how projectiles work. And a lot of people try to gear towards Samus. Mm -hmm. But for me, Samus is a little too floaty. So yeah. it's harder to kind of help them understand spacing if they're stuck in the air after a jump. Mm -hmm. So the Lynx work because they're a heavy enough character to where they're still on the ground using the projectiles, but they also have the combat skill to do hand-to-hand, -hand, and you have to be spaced enough to be able to combo properly. Okay. If I had to pick a third one, a lot of people have told me that, you know, like they want to try a heavy character because they're just hard-hitting, mm -hmm. and Donkey Kong, Bowser, I would say they're kind of interchangeable because... Yeah. Donkey Kong, once again, pretty quick character for a heavy, hits pretty hard, has a lot of combo potential. Bowser is another one for me that, like, if you're really trying to develop a fearful playstyle where your opponent is scared to make a move, you play Bowser because he's a very hard-hitting character. And if you're playing a very punishable playstyle where you're playing super aggressive against a Bowser, it's going to cost you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. I think that's... Do you have anything else? No, that's good. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting with us, Tyler, yeah, and talking. Yeah, Smash I appreciate Bros. you guys giving me the time. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, is there any place that anybody can, like, follow up on your career or, or anything like that or um, see some of stuff? I do... 
I mean, I just have I have Twitter. I go by uh, Silent B fifteen. Silent B fifteen. Silent B fifteen. It's where I just kind of you know that's mostly where I go to. Just kind of Twitter that kind of stuff. All right, guys. So, Silent B fifteen. Check it out, guys, and uh, go bug Tyler. <laughs> if you're looking for some advice. Yeah. 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 No problem. All right. Thank you again. Yeah. Just jumping in to clarify something real quick. Tyler's Twitter handle is silent underscore B15. There's two silent B15s. He's silent underscore B15. Uh, he has his account protected. Just ask to join and uh, he'll hit you up. Uh, and thank you so much, Tyler, for joining us. Uh, you did a really good job out there. And uh, we hope to see you on the professional circuit someday. Yes, being an educator and a PE teacher is great, but we need more Smash Brothers players. I'm just saying. All right, uh, on to the next subject. All right, we're back at Sacramento Gamers Expo. I actually said it right that time. Dang. That was pretty good. I First know. Like Practiced. <laughs> okay, so uh, now we're using we're using a card game Jonathan brought with him. Uh, this is called Video Game Trivia. Bam. Ultimate Video Game Trivia. Yeah. And it is hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I would pick through a few of these. This is made by Professor Puzzles. So you guys check it out. It looks like it's an old Game Boy, like the brick Game Boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I found it at Target. So. Found at Target. You hear it here, guys. Bam. Bam. Seven bucks. Yeah. Any other details? UPC cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to... Me and him took a stack, and we looked at, through a few of these questions and think uh, the other one could possibly master them. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Okay? We didn't want, want to make this too difficult. <laughs> uh it's going to be somewhat difficult. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Yeah, some of mine are, are not easy. Okay, so let's start with the first one here I got for you, Jonathan. Seeds of Evil is the second title in which video game series? And I'll tell you right now, you played this video game series. I played this video game series. And that's the, the title of the second? Yeah. Seeds of Oh, I have my timers. I should have brought my timers. I forgot. Oh, They're in my bag. I'll get them in a second. Um... Gosh, it's evil. Yeah, it's a classic game. We used to play the multiplayer all the time. The single player we enjoyed, but it was all about the multiplayer, really. Got to be something where you're either raising children or of the devil or growing close, evil close. crops. I'm giving you five, four, nah. three, two. It was Turok Two: Seeds of Evil. Oh man. All right, John, what's the next question? All right, uh, your, your first question. First question, yeah. Which console was the first to allow for online gaming via broadband connection using its integrated Ethernet ports? Okay, so I'm going to say... And you used this. I, I currently... Well, no, you did. I did use that. When, when this was revolutionary technology, you were one of them utilizing it at some point. Okay, so I'm going to say Sega Genesis. No. Okay. Epic fail. Epic fail. Then Xbox original. Yes. Okay. Microsoft Xbox. Because it uses Ethernet. That's the part that I messed up on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What did the Sega, Sega Genesis use uses telephone they lines? Had, there was a Sega Genesis that came out that was mounted to the TV. Oh. And that and everything worked together. And you could actually... It's crazy. And it, the people who had it like would not let it go. But you would pay a subscription for like 10 bucks a month and you could play whatever game you want. Mm. And it was just nuts. And finally Sega's like, oh, we're losing money. <laughs> <laughs> and so they tried to shut people off. But the people who had the service... Just kept paying it, so they wouldn't. Like this is a contract, yeah. Yeah, uh, Michael uh, Swain had it. He's, he talked about it anyway. So nice. Uh, next question for you. This I know you played this game, so I'm trying to make sure you can get this one. 
in Telltale Games' first season of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. okay, Lee Everett, so Lee, okay, yeah. was a professor in which subject before the zombie outbreak? Oh, I loved Lee too. Good character. Yeah. It's a professor. Oh, crap. I can't remember. Why would I care about his previous? How <laughs> he's killing zombies. I know, yeah. He's a zombie uh, killer now. I don't care what he was before. God. You say like a geologist? History. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, history. That. Geologist. I don't know. Is that what Ross from Friends is? Right. Oh, that's that's true. I was thinking of uh No, like, he's a paleontologist. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I was God. thinking like the map and geography. I don't know what I'm more nerdy about the fact that I know it or the fact that I didn't know. I'm yeah. so upset. Well, you're a terrible geek on both sides. Oh no. It's okay, me too. I didn't know the answer. <laughs> All right. Uh by which name was the Sega Genesis known outside of North America? Mega Drive. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Let's go. So that's one on the board for you. It's Sega Genesis for life for me, but a lawsuit was filed by Sega against 2003 game The Simpsons Road Rage for its perceived similarities to which other driving game? Oh, uh, is it Taxi? Taxi Driver? It's Taxi, but puts the word before Taxi. Oh, Crazy Taxi. Nice work. Oh, yeah, nice yeah. work. Yeah, that's, good. that's a good game, man. Yeah. We used to play that on the GameCube like crazy. Yeah, we had Crazy Taxi 2. Yeah. Crazy Taxi 2. Nailed it. Yeah, that was a good game. All right, what do we got next? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. With over 155 million units sold, which is the best-selling home console of all time? PS2. Yes. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I mean, that's just such a good system. Yeah. I mean, it was it was such a staple of everybody's collections. What is the controllers? Now, John, people are gonna hear these questions and think, "Man, these guys are idiots if they don't know this." Oh yeah. This is probably the easiest one I could ask. It's okay. I'll, I'll save the people the time. I'm an idiot. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> well. Me too. I mean, it's it's not easy. What are the controllers called for a Nintendo Switch? Toggles? No. One no more idea. time. I have no idea. Joy Cons. Uh, I've never even never yeah. even tried. Never even these tried. kids, even the, well, the, oh, I keep wait, all the kids, kids here know that. But even the guys that are coming up and playing Switch have been calling them Joy Cons. Like, yeah. like, oh, can I use Joy Cons? That kind of thing. That's oh, why okay. I was wondering, like, what what droids are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do we got? What's what's the next one? All right. All right. Um. On which handheld console did the Pokemon game first appear in 1996? Game Boy. Yep. Yeah, that's such a good See, one. See, this is what you should have had this stack because these are really easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Which console release worldwide was the first to include a built-in modem for online gaming? A built-in modem for online gaming. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, you owned it. Mm. I guess say the 360. No, no, no. Uh, no. Come on. The Xbox original had the first Ethernet. Yeah. So this is this is a modem. This is earlier than the Ethernet. And a built-in modem. Oh, oh, oh. With, yeah, regular landline connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to clarify it a little bit. That's not cheating. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still cheating. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I still don't know. Sega Genesis? Nope. It was the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the little uh, had... phone line plug in the back. Did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, it had we, a did we even it. use it? We didn't use it. No, no, no. We weren't allowed to use the phone. And the I don't internet. think I knew anybody else that had a Dreamcast either. Oh, man. All right, what's the next one, John? Okay. Um, early models of which console were plagued by hardware faults? That, that, you guys can change that order if you don't like that way it was laid out. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, early models of which console were plagued by hardware faults, uh, commonly referred to as the Red Ring of Death? Oh, Xbox 360. Yeah. You would have known all these. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, at least most of them. I picked ones that I, that I knew you would know, <laughs> pretty much. What was the first Nintendo console to have HD support? Uh, the Wii? No? I'll give you, I'll give you a second chance. Uh, the, the Wii U. Yeah, it's a system that maybe four people owned. Oh, so that's cheating. I got it right. I said we. I, I'd even put it because you know, we have right now we have a contest going on, where or not a contest, a game where everybody's rotating around the top controllers. Yeah. I didn't include the Wii U. Yeah. Because I was like nobody owned, nobody owned that game, so Is why that would I put not it? just like a small deviation from the Wii itself? No, it actually had. It's a whole different thing. You can play the Wii games on it, but it had mm. this system. It's basically like a Switch and a Wii combined. Uh, it was a terrible system. Yeah, sounds terrible. All right, what's the next step, Joe? All right, this one might be a little more difficult, but I think you can still get it. Uh, before it's released, by what code name was the Xbox One X called? Hold on, I, I know it, it, it's not Titan, is it? Nope. Okay. Eternal, maybe? Nope. What is it? Project Scorpio. Mm. Scorpio. I knew that. I knew that too. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I knew that one. Okay. <laughs> Which home console was the first to contain a Blu-ray disc player? Uh, PS3. PS3, nice hey, job. Hey, yeah. I got one. I'm on the board. That was the big... Now, you remember the old HDDD or HHDs or whatever? The, yeah, HDDVDs. That's the word I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah, they came out competing with Blu-rays. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I, I was a big proponent of those. I had like yeah. King Kong on it. Because well, HDDVD came out just barely before Blu-ray, I believe. I, they're about the same time. But you used to have to have a, a separate... Uh, good job, guys. You, had, you used to have, those, have a separate device that played those yeah. for the Xbox. Yeah, they weren't selling full like... Yeah, no... No systems at it yet. All right, John, what's your next one? All right, this is the last one I got for you, too. Um, BT7274 is a character in which video game? BT. Well, I know that these were made... Okay, so I, I, right away I went to, like, Fallen Order. pretty new. Is it pretty new? Yeah, these cards are, I think, uh, up to 2018. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. BT-7274 is a character in which video game? And you played it. I know it because you like it. Uh, I want to say Old Republic. Nope. No? Okay, then... Oh, you played one of these. I don't know if you played this Destiny? one. Destiny? No. Okay, what is it? Titanfall 2. Oh, my God. Titanfall 2 is such a good game, too. <laughs> if you guys like Apex Legends, it's essentially... It's based off of Titanfall 2. It's in the same world as Titanfall. Play Titanfall 2. All right, so I got I got I picked out more questions for you. Yeah. So we're just you, gonna go right off of you, then. You picked really hard ones, too. No, I didn't. Come on. I, I shuffled through to find some softball ones for you. This is going to be a fun one. This is just mostly a conversation starter right here. All right, all right. Use these guys. Use these as conversational starters when you're at at, uh, at a party, okay? Which popular console was originally designed to be a CD-ROM add-on for the Super Nintendo? A CD-ROM add-on for the Super Nintendo? Yeah. A working prototype was found in 2015. So this, this current console, or a console was developed to be a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo, the SNES. Was it was it actually played though? Was it released and used? No, there was some, I, I want to say there's a copyright issue and then they decided to make their own. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Oh, John, this is a legendary story, man. <laughs> okay, tell me. PlayStation. What? PlayStation was originally going to be a device you plugged into your Super Nintendo to play CDs onto it. That's, does that explain why it's so ugly? No, that explains <laughs> why Nintendo has made the worst mistake ever. Because they created what de- what was their downfall? Yeah, I was, Sega they had in the corner. There was no problems with Sega, and then they go and help develop the, the PlayStation. 
Wow. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah. And they shot themselves in the foot with that They one. shot themselves in the foot. Okay, this is a classic. Everybody owns one of these. Everybody knows about this. Everybody has the remakes. Mm -hmm. By what name is the Nintendo Entertainment Center, the NES, yeah. known in Japan? What is it known as in Japan? Yeah, so I'll give you a hint. Daniel is so excited about this, he went and bought one. How am I it's brown, red, black. You're talking about the Famicom, man. Famicom? Yeah, Famicom. Yeah, no idea. I'm the wrong person to be asking hard, or not even hard softball. I should give you a lifeline. You can call Daniel. Yeah. Hey, I should call him. He should be here. You should, should call Daniel. Yeah, yeah. He's What is he doing right now? Uh, I don't even remember. I don't know. There's some prior engagement that's not as cool as this. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking, people are coming by grabbing stickers and stuff like that. I can... I got another one for you. Right here. Okay, here we go. Fire away. Released in 1993, which home console was the last to be released by Atari? The Atari Jaguar. You got it. Yeah. Uh, I own one. So yeah, this yeah. Is, that's, how, that's how you get somebody points. You give them questions, you know they got the answers to. Well, okay. <laughs> and we're right. educating our audience at the same time. Which American toy manufacturer released the Intellivision home console in 1979? Is it I'm, on your picture there? <laughs> it, well, yeah, it, it's not on the picture, uh, I promise, but... I'm going to say it one more time just so you can pay attention to the, to the way I'm saying it. Uh -huh. Which American toy uh -huh. manufacturer released the Intellivision Home Console in 1979? Do they make other video games too? No, they make toys. That's uh, the part that I wanted to pay attention to. Mattel? Mattel. Mattel. Yeah. Mattel made a video game system and it was the Intellivision. Oh, that's that sad. Because I never heard of it until you started talking about it. You got so, another question for me over there? Um. Yeah, I got one for you. Which Sega console was the successor to the Mega Drive. Uh, it was... Okay, what Sega console was the successor to the Mega Drive? Mm -hmm. It's cool. got to be the Sega Saturn. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> These are easy ones for me. <laughs> I mean, if you were asking me, I, I would totally blank. Like, uh, 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 Matter of fact, what else from you, oh, they just sold it. So they had a Sega Saturn over there. I was like, oh, I have to buy that before we leave. Somebody has a box of, of uh, N64 controllers over there. Ten bucks a pop. Oh, I need to get one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and down one. A few, a few different colors, too. They have different colors? Yeah. I want a blue one. Okay. Oh, they got the gold one. I don't know if they have the gold. Somebody here has a gold one. Uh, yeah, it's pretty slick. We'll have to see how much it's going to cost. Okay. What code name did Nintendo use for the GameCube before the true names reveal in August 2000? If you're an emulator, if you're an emulator fan, you already know it because the emulator for the GameCube is called the code name. Mm. I remember when the GameCube came out. Yeah. That was like, I remember it being referred to as this, and I thought, like, oh, please don't call it that because that's so stupid. Is uh, it Nintendo Playbox or something? The Dolphin. The Dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys wanted to emulate your GameCubes, which, by the way, we do not endorse, no, yeah. although we do record videos off of it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's called The Dolphin if you wanted to emulate your GameCube. Or go to conventions and pick up an old GameCube. And yeah, come on down. Come on down here. Matter of fact, they just announced that next year they're going to do a two-day convention. They're they're upgrading the convention. Nice. So yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll be there. We'll be there for that too. All right, I got another one for you. All right, Grand Theft Auto Five, man, that's one of the best Grand. It's got to be the best Grand Theft Auto, in my opinion. Probably, yeah. Can you name the three main characters? Just first names. You don't have to do the last names. Uh, there was Franklin. Yeah. I think you start as him, right? Yeah. Well, you didn't start as him. There's Franklin. Uh, I could just take one of these suckers, right? Go for it, man. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm going to take a few because some of these flavors I want to try. Heck yeah. Nice. I've got a whole bag behind me, man. Take as many as you want. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, I, I, have a, I have a bit of a 
sucker, pun intended, for some, you know, for, 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 for. All right, help me out with this, okay? Do you know your video game system as well? Your video game as well? I try. Okay, so we're going to be asking Emmanuel, guys, friend of the podcast. All right, what are the three names or what are the three characters in Grand Theft Auto V? Uh, Franklin Clinton, Michael DeSanta, and Trevor Phillips. He's Perfect. got it, folks. He's got it, guys. <laughs> three for three. I was just telling him just do the first names. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> like Franklin. But if you want to go technical, there's Michael Townley because everything he's got his name changed and stuff. So, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I should I should I should have been asking Emmanuel the whole time, man. He would have <laughs> been nailing these. Yeah. All right, guys. That's gonna be it for our uh, our quizzes, and we'll come back with some more information later on. Next up, we're going over our top five retro games we like to play today. So this is uh, the tricky part about this. It's not games that we used to really like a lot. It's games that we still play today that are old school, okay? Yeah. yeah. Top five. All right, so John, we're going to start off with you. What is your number five? Number five, I'm going to go with uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skate 2. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. What system did you like that on? Uh, N64. Yeah, that's a good one. uh, I think it was the only skating game I ever played, though, but played the hell out of it. Like, yeah, uh, it's easy one to jump two back things in. I like about that game: awesome soundtrack. Yeah, and remember that graffiti mode? Yeah, that was the, that was my favorite part of it. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was cool. That was really cool. Kind of reminds me of Splatoon. Everybody's like, "Oh, crazy about Splatoon? Yeah. Go play some Tony Hawk, man." Yeah, it has the same thing. We got we got pretty competitive with it too. Yeah, my number five. Now this is a tough one, so I wanted to make sure I have one arcade game on there. Yeah. So I had Team and T possibly on the list. The old Team and T. Yeah. Or the old Simpsons game, really good. But the one game that I go back to the most nowadays, that's what the whole point of this thing is, is mm-hmm. Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a staple. That's a staple. I yeah. actually did get a chance to beat that game one time. Really? Uh, yeah, but it's it's such a classic game. Uh, I always got to play as Wolverine myself, of course. Mm-hmm. Gambit, if I can. I think Gambit's in that one. I'll have to double check. Gambit, if possible. Uh, is there any? Can you think of your favorite character to play as in Marvel vs. Capcom? Uh, Probably Mega Man. Mega Man? Yeah. 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 Pretty good. All right. What do you got for number four? All right. Number four. I, I, I hate to put it so low. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't make it. Uh, Vector Man from uh, Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about that with somebody that walked by. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one. It's, it's a real simple game, but I, all, all the older games are, but it's just a easy easy play. I think that's what, what I liked about it is when I was playing it most younger, it wasn't a game that I kept getting stuck in or something like that. Yeah. You, you can work through it pretty easy. Now, as an adult, is it much easier to play? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's super easy to play now. It's, you know, made for kids, I think. But Oh, yeah, uh, I think it scales up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, it's just fun to play through the whole game and beat it in probably, you know, a couple hours. But, yeah, it's a hoot and a half. All right, my number four is going to be Super Mario World. Uh, this is originally on the Super Nintendo. I play it a lot on the Switch because they now they have the SNES on the Switch. Uh, it's a blast. Now, see, I never played this when I was younger because we were a Sega family. Yeah. We were not a Nintendo family. No. After the NES, of course. So, uh, going back to that game and playing a game that's so identifiable, I even got the magic controller for it now. Yeah. Uh, man, it's, it's the pinnacle of side-scrollers. Like, I can see now where everything came from. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's really the turning point in that kind of gaming. Yeah. They maximized everything you could possibly get out of that old SNES. Mm-hmm. Really good. Really good game. All right, what do you got for your number three? Number three, 
It's it's a it's a contender. All these deserve to be. You know, oh, there's a lot of good games out there. We know that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, I okay okay. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'll move mine down to match your three because uh, mine is also Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna swap two rounds. I, I was toggling it back and forth between three, two. Actually, yeah, I could have put a different one at three. Anyways, but yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an easy game to just jump back into. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it is. Uh, I, of course, we played it a lot when we were younger, but it's. You know, if you got the N64 set up or if you happen to have, you know, an emulator, then... Of, I think that might be my most... Is that our most played games from our childhood? Is Diddy Kong Racing? Mm, it's it's got to be like one of three. I remember that and uh, Star Fox and Smash yeah. Brothers. Yeah, oh, Smash Brothers. We had, yeah. we had a lot of fun on Smash Brothers. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Okay, remember 007 Nightfire? Yeah, yeah, that was a good we one. We burnt that one up. Yeah, we that, that was one a lot of fun. On the GameCube. Diddy Kong Racing is also my number three. Uh, I really liked the balance. I liked the idea of, I, to me, I've always said it, it should have been what uh, Super Mario Kart should have been this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Mario Kart 64 in that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you had this open world part where you get to choose what zone you went into. Mm-hmm. And then even beyond that, you actually had three different modes of transportation. You had a car, the hovercraft, mm-hmm. and the plane. So it just... It, felt like such a huge game because of that now do you remember i i don't of course i'm not a game expert and nothing like that but do you remember other games before that that had that kind of open world where you can walk around and pick what door to go through or were they all well, 2d you know old metroid and stuff like that definitely not an eraser uh, that was revolutionary for a racer yeah but uh yeah it's you know the n64 while everybody's bashing on it we actually just had a debate with the gentleman that came by arguing n64 was the worst controller i had to correct him uh <laughs> N64 gave you the ability to do third-person games. Yeah. You know, that's where you got your, like, 3D platformer sort of, like, uh, Mario 64, stuff like that. Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it would have to be, that's probably one of the first ones. Yeah. That's such a classic. Yep. Such a game. All right, what do you got for number two, Java? Let's see. Oops, what do I got for number two? So this is a toss-up. Um, but I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh, what a good choice. Not, not Grand Theft Auto V or the many other ones, but Vice City was my favorite, and a big part of it is the soundtracks in the cars. Yeah. When you're driving around, that's just... you. When you hear these songs that come on while you're playing Grand Theft Auto anywhere else in your life, it's, you're, I'm just back in, in the middle yeah. of the game. Definitely. definitely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, and if I, if I were to pick any Grand Theft Auto to be remade, I think I'd have that one. Yeah. yeah because be awesome. I, I think a lot of people pick San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, props on you, but... That environment, it just made me feel so 80s, so 80s punk. It was yeah. really good. That, cool, but that Miami environment is yeah. a lot of fun. And it had a cool story, too. It wasn't, I mean, I know a lot of people liked the San Andreas and number five because the uh, action packed story and all that stuff. But Vice City did have a good story for yeah. its time, at least. Yeah. That's a good choice. All right. So my number two, that was your number two, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, duh. I'm sorry. <laughs> my number two is going to be. Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that was a good game. That, I haven't I, played that in a while. It's such a classic. Yeah. So those of you guys who don't know, uh, Sonic and Knuckles was the first one that kind of introduced like a whole different way of playing the game. Mm-hmm. So you can go as Sonic and just run fast, or you can go as Knuckles and have the ability to climb and glide, yeah. which is game-breaking. Yep. And then it had a spot on top where you could plug in your other games so you could have Sonic and Knuckles, or you could have Knuckles join other Sonic games, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. It really opened up everything. Uh, it's just such a classic for me and Knuckles is like one of those characters that was just like he's just cool I don't know what it is like Sonic was like a poser cool but Knuckles is just simply cool yeah yeah he was like like, uh, Sonic's 
tough older cousin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Gotta like bully him around. Yeah. All right. What is your number one retro game you like to play today? My numero uno is Pokemon Blue. Oh, what a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Blue over over the other ones? The selection of Pokemon. Yeah. And I mean, the gameplay Contour is great. region. Yeah. yeah. I like that it didn't... Uh, I mean, the new Pokemons, I'm sure they're great, but I don't even want to entertain them just because there's just so many Pokemon out there now, and I'm just yeah. detached from it. I haven't been watching it or anything like that, of course, uh, in all these years. So, you know, Blue is really where it's at because that reminds me of my childhood when I play it. Yeah. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Just really test your knowledge on Blue. Oh, God. What's your favorite starter Pokemon from Blue? Um, I've, well, I've, I've started all of them at different times. Uh, gosh. I don't know. It's hard. Probably Charmander. Okay. Now I'm going to step it up to the next level. Okay. You yeah. got your starter. It's Charmander. Yeah. Tell me your ideal party. So that's oh, go six Pokemon mm-hmm. for... for uh, for your blue party. Oh God, ideal party. I, I don't think I can name that off the top of my head right oh, now. You yeah, that's that's a lot. I'm gonna say you gotta have Mewtwo in there, right? You bust up that Master Ball, oh, you catch yeah. your Mewtwo at the end. Yeah. You got your Charmander. That's your Fire type blocked away. So your Electric type you have opened up. Yeah. Uh, Jolteon. Jolteon. Okay. Blastoise to my water. If you or, can, well, or, Blastoise is gonna be hard to get. No, you do trades. You did get a Ditto. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get I a mean, friend. this is a dream team. You put whoever. You I want don't know if there. breeding was in the. Blue, but nevertheless, that's what you're saying. You're oh trading yeah, that's trade Through Blastoise. Yeah, yeah. If you can't trade for, trade for Blastoise, you get a Stario, whatever it's called. The, Vaporeon. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Vaporeon's always. I don't cool. know why Vaporeon's so much cooler than the other EV evolvements. He just is. Yeah, he just is. I don't know. All right, so who's who's your grass type though? You got the grass type opened up. Uh, I don't want to hear no Bulbasaur's either. You nah. locked up all your starters. Let's see, would be my best. Grass type. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Nothing? Nah, I can't think of one right now. All right. Let's go with, uh, what's that, Tangela? Remember Tangela? Yeah, it was like one of the worst Pokemon they made. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't think of one. So you're going, you're, I'm sticking you now with Tangela. Great. Okay. All right. And and then, of course, you got to make sure you have an open spot so you can go catch that no name mm-hmm. or no number, either one, so that you can multiply all your rare candies. Remember that? Yep. Out in the ocean. All right. That's classic. My number one retro game I still like to play today, and John, you should agree with me on this one, yeah. Kirby Adventures for the NES. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a stand-up NES game. Uh, I would argue it's the better version of all your Super Mario, all the platformers that everybody's all excited for. Mm-hmm. The reason I really like this game is I had the Game Boy version and the NES. The NES is the better one. Is You had this world where you're able to you know, unlock you have worlds and then levels within the world. Mm-hmm. And you had the lobby in which you're choosing those maps. Yeah. And then when you went in there and you came across a guy that could throw a sword, like, oh, okay, I love that power. You could take that power. Yeah. And then you tried so desperately not to lose that yeah. power. And yeah. I remember very well the best power to get. And you were just like, you tried so hard not to lose it. And this is the one spot where you have to, the UFO power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was able to shoot lasers and it was able to do the, the, like that up and down laser beam or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. That's the sound effects. I just did it. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, that's such a great game. I would sit there and blast through that thing. The final boss where you're like fighting the star monster cool looking guy. It was just such a great platformer. It's really good. And it's fast paced. The uh, the Kirby games, that, like it's it's a sequel basically on the Super Nintendo was so slow paced. It was like, okay, this is baby mode. 
but you know out on the nes that's where i was at and uh it's just such a great game and it had those little mini remember the little mini games where you're doing the arcade you know like picking up the try to get your one-ups yeah it was like a claw machine game claw right? machine that's yeah, right yeah, claw yeah. machine yeah yeah those are classics yeah all right that's our top five retro games we'd like to play today all right, Jalen. Well, it looks like it's about closing time. How did you? How have you enjoyed the SAC Gaming Gamers Expo? Every time I mess <laughs> that up. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I like like hanging out here, mingling with people, playing yeah. some Smash Brothers with all these kids and young adults and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it was it was a good time. It's it's just nice to be in this environment with all these people that have shared interests with us and whatnot. And I I know you were <laughs> you stayed here most of the time. I actually went around and checked out some of the booths. And we had some really cool yeah. vendors. A lot of Really cool artwork and stuff. So yeah, it's cool. It's funny that you keep calling them kids. I do as well. It's yeah. because I feel old when I play Smash Brothers against them. I feel old when I play Smash Brothers against them, and they beat my ass so bad. <laughs> like, oh, oh man, I'm Grandpa trying savage. to use a controller that I still haven't figured out how to use. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Sad. So you're calling me and asking how it works. Yes, exactly. Uh, I've had a lot of fun though. Got to meet a lot of cool people. Some people that I've seen at other conventions coming mm -hmm. out. So that's really cool. Uh, some old friends. That's fantastic. And we got to meet some. Uh, other creators mm -hmm. and stuff like that that I'm, I'm looking forward to working with so i'm gonna be working with some people based off this event so that's yeah. always fun to do um but yeah it, it, it's been a really cool event they're gonna be doing it next year as well on the hold on i have the paper right here folks we're doing this live on the 21st and 22nd of november next year so it's a two-day event next year mm -hmm. and uh we're just signed up guys i have the contract in my hand we're signed up for it uh you guys come out next year and join us we're gonna have a whole bunch more games We've been doing this game where we have... Let's just check out the rankings right now, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, we're ranking top... We've got nine right here. Console controllers. It's completely inaccurate right now. I don't agree yeah, with this. Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> I have been fighting for N64 to get number one all day long, and it's off the board now. Yeah, the last so, guy actually broke it. Pulled the the last guy off. broke it accidentally, but it was because he had such vigor about getting it off the board. Uh -huh. So we'll, we'll tell you the current number one and go down, but we've oh. taken a picture and we posted the one that I think was better. We'll go from yeah, yeah we'll go from bottom to so he's got at number nine the NAS. Mm -hmm. I mean it's okay. Yeah, it should, it's, it's a class. It should, it should be on the board at least. So that's it good. should definitely be on the board. You're right. Yeah. Number eight, he's got the Xbox 360 controller. I don't agree with. I that. I don't agree with that either. I think that oh, should be higher. I'll put that quite a bit higher. Matter of like, fact, I'd five. swap it with number three, but we'll get to that when we get to number three. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we have at number seven the PS2 controller. Mm -hmm. You got to get PS2 controller props just for being part of the PS2. Top selling game yeah. of the PlayStation, as we learned on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great question. Okay, Sega Genesis controller at number six. That's all about the consoles just being amazing. Mm -hmm. Number five, the Super NES. It's a, it's a pretty good controller. No, no complaints. Really responsive. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about number four being the GameCube controller? Uh, the I don't know. I like it. I think it's, uh, you know, of course, the GameCube was controversial when it came yeah. out and everything. And the controller is so ugly compared to everything else. It does not conform to society. Right. But a lot of people like it. I mean, you see these kids walking around with their own uh, controller to be able to play Smash yeah. Brothers. So. And, and, and here we have a selection of different controllers for people to play. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are like, I need that GameCube one. Yeah. Like they're calling it GameCube one. Yeah, yeah. So GameCube made it number four. Number three, we have the Xbox One controller. Mm -hmm. Now, I would swap the Xbox One for the 360 myself. I feel like the 360 is a little bit sturdier controller, both very well made, don't yeah. get me wrong. But I would say because the 360 has got some innovation behind it and stuff like that, I'd go with that. Number two, he has the PS1 controller. Now, this is just the last guy to touch this board. Yeah. Because there's no way that the PS1 controller it's, without analogs should be at number two. It's got nothing. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same as the uh, Super Nintendo. 
It's it's got four yeah. four buttons and a, a D pad. There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. It's plain and, and it's part of a revolutionary system. Yeah, it's great. It's for sure. Big for step sure. in technology. Yeah. Other than that, it's just a chunk of plastic. A chunk of plastic. Dead weight. And then at number one again, this is insanity. Yeah. I'll tell you why he probably put it up there. But number one, he has that Xbox original controller. Yeah. Now, I mean, the reason I would say he probably has it is the first time that you have the analog up and the analog down on the other hand. Yeah, which is nice. And now I can't imagine playing. I can't play the other way. I know people with PlayStations are like, yeah, no big deal. I have a hard time playing PlayStations because I got too used to that. Yeah. The uh, only thing I don't like about it is it's just ginormous. It's such a yeah, huge. It is a, huge. Compared to all the other controllers. It's, it took a while to get used to that when you first got it. Yeah. That was... That's odd. So we'll do this again next year. We'll have it. We'll have a better, bigger board. Yeah. But yeah. So basically, what it was, uh, this is shout out to Ronan Geek Official Podcast gave me this idea. People came up and they were able to rotate around their top nine controllers. And we have a basket here with a bunch of other ones: the Atari and the television. No biters on the television. Yeah. Nobody likes this straight up control. Or there's remote. a couple people that recognize it. At least that was impressive. That was that was impressive. And then the Switch one kept getting thrown up and down, thrown up and down. Yeah. People are really divisive on the Switch one. But yeah, so people were able to make their decisions and swap them around and stuff like that. We had people taking pictures with their decisions and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, guys, just what a great event. Uh, really looking forward to doing it next year and hope everybody can come out and join us. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.